you are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Um, well, I'll say thank you to Colin for uh, giving me the opportunity to speak. Um, I always really enjoy it and it's always such a privilege to do it. Um, and it uh, it allows you to delve into the message um, deeper yourself before uh, and, and really get a handle on it. Um, so it's, it, it's always something I really look forward to every time he asks me to do it. Oh, should I point, point it that way? Sorry, pointing it the wrong way. Okay, so I'm going to talk about taking ground but the, the sort of subtitle of my message is um, personal responsibility. When I think about taking ground, I instantly think of war and battles um, and trying to get rid of an enemy. And perhaps it was because growing up on Saturdays and Sundays afternoons, I love watching old war movies, and I've got a couple of them up here. Um, where Eagles Dare, The Guns of Navarone, Kelly's Heroes, Von Rand's Express, um, Bridge Over the River Kwai. It go, goes on and on and on. Uh, the for- Force 10 from Navarone, there was just so many of them. Um, and I, I loved watching them. And then, not better than watching them, was reenacting them with my cousin who lived next door. We had an arsenal of weapons. If the police had raided any of our houses the, the, during the, uh, those times in the, in the, in the mid 80s, questions probably could have been asked. Um, but we loved reenacting them getting out into the street, building huts and forts and defending them and sneaking into people's gardens and pretending we were, you know, we were there to capture them and take them out. But all that stuff um, comes back to my mind when I think about taking ground. Because to me, when you're taking ground, you're getting rid of um, an, e- an evil presence, an, an enemy. And in our case, in my case growing up, it was the Nazis. They, they were the most evil thing about and they always wore the grey uniforms and you know, nobody liked the Nazis, so everybody wanted rid of them and, and growing up. So that's what taking ground to me means. Um, taking ground can be uh, interpreted in a variety of contexts, but in our context, in the kingdom of God and church, it refers to expanding the domain and influence of God's reign on earth. And as Christians, we are called to take ground both individually and collectively. Um, and one of the, the key ways that we can take ground individually is to destroy any spiritual strongholds that we have allowed um, to build up in our lives. Now, that, that can sound instantly um, very churchy. Oh, yes, we just have to destroy some spiritual strongholds in our lives and, and everything will be fine. And then you walk out the door and you're halfway to the car and you go, what, what, what is a spiritual stronghold? Like, what, what was he talking about? Um, Corinthians 10, 3 and 4 says, For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. So simply put, strongholds are walls of resistance that exist in our minds. And these strongholds can prevent us from experiencing deep and and meaningful relationships with God. Pride, unforgiveness, fear and anxiety, doubt and unbelief, 
lust and sexual immorality, anger, addiction, bitterness, jealousy, greed, idolatry, lies and deception, gossip and slander, disobedience, entitlement, legalism, vanity, and self-reliance are some of the most popular strongholds that, w- that are in each of our lives and ones that uh, seem to crop up more and more. For me, my major stronghold was immaturity. And some of you that know me are probably thinking, you could still do the sorting that one out. But seriously, immaturity was a major issue in my life. And it stopped me taking personal responsibility for anything. Because of my immaturity and my lack of responsibility, um, the lack of responsibility that I was accepting things for, it led to a lot more strongholds being built up in my life. I wasn't really attending church, and I certainly wasn't putting any biblical principles uh, in, in place in my life at that time. I thought I was living a life of freedom but I was more bound and ensnared than I ever had been. And even this year, I was finding some of the remains of that stronghold in my life. And when I was in my early 20s, I was uh, playing a big leadership role in both the youth choir and the church. And the key word there would be playing. You see, I didn't really understand what leadership was. And in my immaturity, I had made it because I was a leader. Um, I believed I could do what I liked and and behave how I liked. And it led to a lot of hurt and pain, not just for me, um, but but for others as well. But part of God's restoration process for me was that he put me back into leadership roles. Um, This time, though, I'm doing it from the knowledge that leadership isn't the goal. Leadership is just the next tool God is using to disciple me. Um, the ruins of the stronghold that I found in my life this year, though, was because I was being real, uh, legalistic and ultra-cautious in my leadership roles because I wasn't putting myself into them. I wasn't putting any of my passion or personality into them. And it, it sort of came to a bit of a head for me when I had a one-to-one with Colin, and um, <clears throat> he said, you know, the last, you're, you're a guy that's full of passion and personality, and the last couple of times you've spoken in DCB, that, that hasn't came across. It's all just been a wee bit bleh. He probably didn't use those words. I, I, probably, I probably used those words um, more than he did. But it was very, the talks had all been very um, magnolia, I think was the phrase that I used. It was just, just magnolia on every wall of the house. It wasn't offensive. Um, but it didn't really do anything for anybody. It was just, it was just there. Um, but I'd, I'd fallen into a trap um, because in, in my immaturity and in, in those days, because I was like, you know, seen to be a leader and everything, people were praying, oh, you're so good at this, you're so good at that, and blah, blah, blah. And that had led me to believe that, you know, that I'd made it and, and, and that I, I, I was this amazing guy. And I didn't want to fall back into that trap. Um, of believing that I could just do whatever I wanted. So I, I wasn't putting myself into the message. So it was literally just all, all God. And, and, and I wasn't putting, like, interacting with it. It was literally just principles. And if you do this, this, and this, and if you do this, and this, and this. And there was none of me in it. Um, and, I, and I was holding that back. Um, but 
this is the year of choosing who you want to be. It's the year of new things, both thrilling and stretching. And I had to choose who I wanted to be. And I've decided I'm, I'm going to be a bit more like myself. And hopefully you guys get the benefit of that as, as I speak here and in the King's ministry. Um, so if this message is rubbish, it's for a different reason. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the next one-to-one one will be able to sort that one out. <clears throat> the world um, really can't help you defeat a stronghold. And I was living in the world at the time when I, um, when I, when I had that major stronghold in life. It, it can only off, off, offer you ways in which you facilitate it being part of your life. Um, if you take AA, for example, and how it deals with uh, addiction, those guys that go there, they have to say, my name is such and such, and I am an alcoholic. And they start to identify with the problem. I am this, rather than I am such and such, and I am struggling with this at the minute. If they're not dealt with, strongholds can become, quickly become our personalities and our identity. But our identity is found in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of the darkness into his marvelous light. So say this with me. I am chosen. I am royalty. I am holy. I am special. I am called to be marvelous, miraculous, radical light in the darkness of this world. I am called to be marvelous, miraculous, radical light in the darkness of this world. Why would we settle for anything less? The enemy had sold me a lie. The idea that God had done everything and we are essentially left just to be a consumer of, of the grace of God. And the only thing that we must do is find out how we can consume it and do it regularly. See, the enemy knows what he's doing because he's been doing it for years. He's been doing it for millenniums. And his weapons are half-truths and misinformation. It is the reason we aren't active enough as Christians in the areas where we should be present. It is also the reason for the lack of spiritual growth. If we are only consumers of his grace and not partnering with him and stepping into the unknown in faith, you will not grow spiritually. Jesus said in John 15, without me you can do nothing. And Bill Johnson, Bethel's lead pastor said, we should add to that, if you do nothing, it will, all, it will most assuredly be without him. We need to get involved. We need to play our part. We need to get in the middle. Dallas Willard put it this way. Grace is not opposed to effort, but to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. Without effort, we would be nowhere. When you read the New Testament, you see how astonishingly energetic it is. Paul says, take off the old man and put on the new. And Dallas Willard says, but there is no suggestion that that is going to get done for you. We have to do it. We have to play our part. We have to play our role. We have to take personal responsibility. And that, for me, was the key to destroying that stronghold, personal responsibility. And if you've ever been to small group on Thursday nights, you'll have heard me talk about it because I've managed to shoehorn it in 
most weeks, no matter what we're talking about. Just get the crowbar out and get it in there somewhere. Um, it was one of the first things that I learned from doing the internship with Andrew, personal responsibility. Learning that I had a role to play and that God wants us to partner with him. He won't force change on our lives, but if we ask him and play an active role, he will totally change and transform them. Mitch from Crown Jesus Ministries in Belfast says, he actually tweeted this the day that I was preparing this message. People do not, people do not drift towards holiness. Apart from spirit-led, grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate towards godliness, prayer, obedience to scripture, faith and joy in the Lord. We drift towards compromise and call it tolerance. We drift, we drift towards disobedience and call it freedom. I was drifting. Are you? Is there areas where you need to step up and take more responsibility? God has done his part on the cross. We need to do ours. Personal responsibility is a weapon that God has been teaching me to use, and I carry it with me everywhere. And it has changed and transformed so much for me, from my relationships with my family and friends. And it's given me so much more purpose and focus particularly in my employment. And, you know, since I've started putting in, like, taking more responsibility rather than just going around day to day, there's been no surprise. And in the last eight years, I've had more pay rises and promotions than I did in the entire time before that of, of doing the same job. But funnily enough, your boss likes it when you take responsibility for what he's paying you to do. Um, and, you, and you get the benefits of that. Um, particularly... It, it showed in, in, in my new role in sales that um, when I started in the role, everybody in work said, Scan, we, we've tried to get into the tender and market before with those big electrical contractors, and we just can't get in. There's no way we're going to break in. And that was literally the role that I'd been brought in to do. So I would go into the office and sit with all these other salesmen in the, in the meetings, and they'd be going, there's no chance, there's no way, can't be done. We're not going to do it. We've tried. Can't do it. You're better doing it this way. And I was like, but that's literally my job. Like, what if I can't do that? What, what else am I here for? So I was like, I'm not, I'm not having that. I believe that we can get back into this market, get back into this industry uh, and make a bit of a difference in it. Um, just after that, Scan employed a guy who'd been doing that stuff for 40 years. Um, but he focused on the security and the CCT, the security side of things, and I focused on the fire and ice safety. It's not really a big deal. But I partnered with him. We worked together, and we finally managed to win some big tenders. And two Friday nights ago, we were at the Electrical Contractor of the Year Awards, where we won Specialist Contractor of the Year <laughs> for the first um, for the first big job that we had sold. So not only could we get back into it but we could back, get back into it and be the best at it. When I'm, I think I need to put into the message here that when I'm talking about this, I'm not talking about salvation through works. We have no role to play in that. That was all Jesus and his work on the cross. Salvation is through faith alone. Jesus didn't just come to give us salvation though. If he had, it wouldn't matter what way we lived our lives as long as we believed in him. But John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, 
but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Salvation has dealt with the kill part. If you believe Jesus is the Son of God and that he died on the cross for your sins and you acknowledge him as Savior of your life, you will live forever in eternity. However, there is a lot of life to live this side of the grave. And if we don't take personal responsibility and step into grace and align ourselves with his will, then the thief will steal and destroy the life to the full part. Life to the full doesn't mean beautiful sunsets, roses, freshly cut grass. There will be difficulty and struggles along the way. This time last year, I spoke in DCB on Father's Day. And after that, we went out as a family for dinner. Um, and my mum was there. And we were so excited because we were all gone on holiday in a couple of weeks' time. And my mum and dad were also gone on holiday. But little did we know, um, just over a month later, my mum passed away. This was, had already been a tough couple of months where we had lost Roussant amongst, amongst a couple of other things. Life wasn't all rainbows, marshmallows and unicorns. These were tough, hard truths to learn and we had some battles to fight along the way. The old immature me would have crumbled, not accepting responsibility for what I had responsibility for. I have a wife and two kids that I love dearly. And I have responsibility to leave them well. And in that, sense, in that season, to grieve well. And that didn't mean denying the harsh reality that we were brokenhearted and pretending everything was okay. It certainly wasn't easy. Um, but we responded to it in the right way, with faith, obedience, and integrity. And we gained some new weapons in our arsenal and polished a few old ones that we hadn't used in a while. We did grieve, and we both continued to grieve well. First Samuel 17, 51 to 54. David ran and stood over him. He took hold of the Philistine's sword and drew it from the sheath. After he killed him, he cut off his head with the sword. When the Philistines saw that their hero was dead, they turned and ran. Then the men of Israel and Judah surged forward with a shout and pursued the Philistines to the entrance of Gath and to the gates of Ekron. When their debts were strewn along the something road to Gath and Ekron, when the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. David took the Philistines' head and brought it to Jerusalem, and he put the Philistines' weapons in his own tent. Each spiritual battle we win gives us the weapons we need to conquer further strongholds. David took the Philistine's head and brought it to Jerusalem. He put the Philistine's weapons in his own tent. Just like David facing Goliath, destroying a stronghold, especially deep-rooted ones, can feel like an unassailable task, totally outnumbered and outgunned. It's a bit like that old adage, how do, you eat, how do you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. The first thing you need to do is get started and take the first bite. You cannot let the size of the task put you off. I can do all things through Christ, through Christ who strengthens me. And as Colin shared last week, it has already been decided that we will be given any ground where we put our foot. 
the battle has already been won. We, will, we fight from a place of victory, not for victory. If we step into his grace and step into the fight and play our part, you will defeat the stronghold. And the fact is that when you defeat one stronghold in your life, the foundations of all the other ones are rocked to their core because you have discovered the weapons that you have and you're able to use them and now the enemy knows that. Has anybody watched Game of Thrones? I know Doreen has. She got into it early seasons, but it was a wee bit roping. <laughs> um, but in Game of Thrones, in the end of it, the big battle, it's all about winter is coming and the White Walkers are coming. Um, and the White Walkers are zombie-like creatures and they're coming to attack what essentially are the heroes of the story. And there's thousands of them, hundreds of thousands of them. And the heroes of the story are totally outnumbered. But we soon discover that when they kill a White Walker, any other White Walkers that that White Walker had formed die as well. So you don't need to destroy them all. You just need to take out the main ones, the main one. And as soon as they took out the main guy, all the other White Walkers died. The main stronghold in your life, if you can defeat that one, all the other ones will get rocked to their core and they won't stand the chance. God, by his spirit and through his grace, gives us, the gives us the chance to put the foot on the neck of the giant and cut off his head. You do not need to facilitate these things in your life. You can defeat them and live a life that is freer and has more purpose and possibilities than ever before. Dennis was over here one time and his message was on the spoils of war. And that message summed up quite quickly was this. In the old covenant, the, spoils, the spoils of war were used to finance the, the kingdom of God. Basically, every battle the Israelites won, they took the enemy's treasure, um, they took the enemy's cattle and, and food, and they used it to expand their kingdom and their territory. Now, in the new covenant, it's exactly the same, except now the kingdom of God isn't the, the land in which the Israelites inhabited. It is establishing his rule and his reign, his power and his authority in our life. So in every battle we face, there is treasure to be gained from it. Something you can take with you that will help you in future battles. A nugget of gold. When the Israelites returned from chasing the Philistines, they plundered their camp. When you have won a battle, plunder it. Get into it. Find that nugget of gold and take it with you. It'll take you everywhere. Um, can I get the worship guys up, please? Don't know why I'm flicking that. I don't have another side. <laughs> uh, we gain ground in the battles against strongholds through perseverance and obedience. And when Joshua was leading the Israelites to the promised land, to conquer the land of Canaan, he faced a lot of challenges. Crossing the River Jordan, destroying the city of Jericho, Talk about strong walls of resistance. He fought 31 recorded battles. That takes diligence, effort, and a willingness to obey the Lord's commands. We can do the same. It means daily surrendering to the will of God, following his guidance 
by the Holy Spirit and trusting that God's will will be done in our lives. Will you stand with me, please? I've got some questions for you to consider. And if you can answer yes to any of them or if you just want ministry, come and join me at the front. Do you need vision to see the strongholds in your life? Is there anywhere you're neglecting your responsibility? What spoils of war do you already hold? Please come and join me now. We're going to worship for a time and then we'll receive ministry together. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.